No, I think it comes back to a serious conversation that I had to have with myself. And that is, why are you doing this? You know, especially when it comes to creative things, because when you get tied up in your work and, you know, when you start bringing in factors of like, you know, I want to work with other people or I want to make it get to this goal and things like that. You have to come back to the point of why are you doing this? What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Paving a Path podcast. On this episode, we've got founder and CEO of Hyper Design, Kelsey Thomas. Kelsey stops by our studio to talk about making the jump to becoming a full-time entrepreneur, what goes into creating your brand, keeping a healthy work-life balance, and a lot more. Kelsey holds true to someone who lives a passionate life and truly believes in growing, all while helping others along the way. And in my opinion, it doesn't get much better than that, folks. So without any more introduction, let's jump right into it. This is Kelsey Thomas on Paving a Path Podcast. Dude, thank you for coming by. I know that we're all super busy here, and this is a town that gets busy, so I really appreciate you coming by. Absolutely. I'm super excited to do this. Yeah? Yeah. So, <laughs> just for the record, because I'm, I'm interested too, um, I know we've worked together on a few things. What exactly is HyperDesign? the company. And, you know, for anybody listening, can you kind of go into depth about that? Yeah. So Hyper Design is a brainchild of mine. Um, it's kind of always been working in the background. I freelanced for about five to eight, I'd say five to seven years. I don't even know now. Um, but Hyper evolved from me freelancing and finding a need um, kind of in Nashville for a small business branding, music branding, uh, and general graphic design company. Uh, I think I found a niche in a certain budget range, which is something that I think Nashville is struggling with specifically. Uh, so it was a combination of skills that I had built over the years, um, wanting to create with other people and bring other designers on and just feeding a market that was kind of underserved. When you, when you talk about the budget aspect of things, what do you mean by that? So most agencies, you know, if you went and got a quote for branding from an agency, you're talking five to 10 grand right off the bat. That's without, you know, special service areas, um, it's avoiding any kind of specific market needs. It's just, you know, specifically an expensive up. service. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was something where, you know, I wanted to avoid becoming that standardized, you know, super expensive agency. I wanted to be able to work with other creative people, but not be the scary, like, yeah, I think everybody deserves good branding. It's something that a lot of people are finding ways to do on their own right now. Right. Uh, we're kind of in that startup era where people are excited and doing side hustles and, you it, know, pursuing yeah. their own careers and it's exciting. And I wanted to be involved, you know, while also focusing on Nashville right now. Yeah. <laughs> how do how do you feel that you do that? But, um, hold on to like longevity and sustain your business? So I've been in business um, doing hyper alone for about a year and a half. So I don't want to act like, you know, I have everything figured out. Oh, of course. No. <laughs> but it is something I would say even flow is my biggest struggle. Yeah. Um, but I think finding clients that want to return and do more work, right. that is where the money's at. Yeah. You know, that's where the fun, the, you know, continuing relationships and then also the feasibility of like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you talk about, um, that, that's a really good point to me because I read an article in the Tennessean or somewhere and they were talking about how Nashville's cost of living is oh, yeah. so inflated and it keeps increasing. And the article was based around drawing, not drawing, but pushing creatives out. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you think that's 
something that kind of goes into that or? I do. I think that something that I've struggled with personally on that level is being able to continue to work with, you know, starter creatives, people that are just starting to dip their toe in and figure out what they want to do. Um, finding a way to work with them, but still not put my other clients, you know, in a position where they've paid and they're expecting a certain thing, but I can't deliver it on time. Right. So it's like, I want to serve as many customers as possible, but at the same time, how feasible is it to focus on that many different clients at one time? Yeah. Yeah. I can think, you know, you don't want to, um, you know, over time, obviously, like you, I'm saying, you want to create sustainability and longevity, but like you're saying, you don't want to push all these customers away or clients that you've had and yeah. then all of a sudden you have nobody Absolutely. and you're back to square one yeah um do you see hyper design becoming something very big like on a corporate level or would you like to keep it pretty small in-house kind of thing it, it's funny because for me hyper kind of sprouted out of the desire to work with other people as well um freelancing was great uh for a while but it does become kind of isolating you know, you're working on a project, you're excited, but it's really only like you and the customer. Um, so Hyper really was an opportunity for me to work with other designers, sub out certain areas of work. You know, there's things that I feel really confident in, but as an agency to awful, like offer full service, there's certain things that I probably should pass on. You know, it's not my like, yeah. <laughs> bread and butter. I'm not fantastic at it. Right. Um, but yeah, so for me, you know, working with other people has been kind of the drive for Hyper. So that's something that as long as I have people that are interested and want to work hard and pass along a good product, um, I think there's a market for it. That's definitely sustainable. Yeah. Is Hyper a a one, one woman shop? Well, I'm technically the only like actual employee of it. Sure. sure. Um, but I contract out. Yeah. Yeah. And it really depends on project too. The goal that I had in mind was to, you know, if a customer came to me and was like, Hey, you know, we have this very specific brand idea. We want to do these specific things. Uh, if it wasn't in my wheelhouse, being able to work directly with somebody that's like, Hey, I know you are badass at this. <laughs> like yeah. you do this specific style or this certain, you know, video content, things like that. Being able to bring those people in and work together. Something to make it the best yeah, that you can. Absolutely. That's pretty cool. Um, you're talking about brand now. What are some of the challenges that you face? Because you, and in, in a lot of situations, you're creating a brand for somebody. Yeah. Um, you're attesting to their brand maybe, or you're maybe changing it or, you know, what are some of the challenges for you that go into that? I mean, that's a pretty big deal, right? Especially in the modern era. I mean, (laughs) exactly. You know, Um, it's something too. It's a combination of things. So branding, I think a lot of people off the bat think about it being very visual based. Right. Uh, But branding is everything, the entire impression that somebody gets from you. Sure. So I think when it comes to music, there's a struggle with branding a musician, you know, Mm -hmm. a band, I, I feel it's a little bit easier to brand a band because there's an entity that a group has agreed upon. You okay, know, yeah. there's a group of people that there's are a lot making of different music. flavors going yeah, into it. Yeah, <laughs> but it makes a very, you know, speaking on that, it's a dish that you understand. You're yeah. Like, oh, that's yeah. definitely spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> We're going to put a little marinara in there. Exactly. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, with a band, the genre can become kind of, you know, the definition of what they are, what they represent, or, and you can play off of that. I think for a single musician, though, it gets tricky because you don't want to tell somebody who they are and what they stand for. You want to play off of what they've already worked on. You know, if they're very specifically interested in certain goals, that also matters. You know, if somebody just wants to blast as far as they can, get their music to everybody that they can, that's a different branding package than somebody that's just like, you know, I love this and I just want to do this for me. And I just want a better idea of like 
sure. what I'm representing. So there's a couple of factors. Uh, I do have to say that companies, I feel like, are a lot easier than personal brands. Really? Yeah. I feel like there's more room to play. <laughs> okay. Are companies just like more obs- accepting to like different things? I think Is so, yeah. You Especially, you know, when you have a group making decisions, they tend to be more passive. Okay. You know, if it's a singular person or a small group, they're more passionate. Yeah. You know, so it is, there's kind of a play where there's, you know, especially when it comes to creative things. Sure. Man. Yeah. Anything creative is like you're saying, especially dealing with one individual, um, or a band, you know, it's, it's a lot of thinking going on there and everybody's kind of very judgmental. A lot of passion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, how can I word this? Yeah, right? <laughs> we just say passionate. That's yeah, the... a lot of egos in the room. Yeah. Um, but that that's, yeah, that's, see, I feel like, because I've talked to a couple of people recently about brands uh, on the music side of things. And it, it's, like you were saying, it's very visual, but it's so important. And it, it's every, like you're saying, the recipe, everything that goes into it is so important. Um do you find yourself like when you when somebody comes to you, if it's an artist or a band or a company, do they do most of the time they lead you in the right direction or is it a lot of communication going back and forth for the most part? I think? say it's it's probably a 50 50 split. Yeah, it just depends on the personality of the person, you know, coming into the room and asking for certain things. I have some people that want to be completely involved. Right. Um, and I think sometimes if they could control the actual, like, you know, designing of things or they would. down to the, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like hand on the mouse, <laughs> joke. but right. you know, sometimes it is relevant. They're over your uh, shoulder. Like, yeah. okay, do this now. Now put that there. And that's <laughs> something like designers in general, I, I know they love to joke about that, but sometimes it's more helpful than, you know, sure. if there's a client that just walks in and is like, do your thing, you know, right. that's fun and exciting, but then, you know, if at the end of the day they're not happy with it, it's like, oh no, <laughs> like yeah. what, what yeah. have I done? Right. Um, but yeah, I would say it's a fair split. There's some people that want to be really involved and follow the whole thing through. Um, especially, you know, the creative people, they really want to see how everything works and they want to know how to change it in the future and just get really involved. And then there's some folks that are like, you know what? I'm paying you to do this. Just handle it. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> are those are those ones you like the most, you think, where it's just like a creative, you know, you're like, whatever you want to do, just do yeah. it. Yeah. I say the ideal scenario is going into a project, having pretty much free reign and how you, you know, and again, that that starts with a few questions. I don't just start on somebody's brand and sure. just tear it. You need, a little, <laughs> you need a little direction. I get a little, I usually start with like an initial meeting and kind of get a good idea of where they're at uh, and goals that they have. Um, but yeah, you know, projects like that, where I just kind of build something myself or work with somebody and then delivering it. And they're just like, yes, that is the thing I wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's the best feeling in the world. I bet. Um, but yeah, and that, that came with time too. It's something where, you know, if every project wasn't like that at the beginning, I was heartbroken. I was like, oh no, like, is this right? Should I be doing this? But you get to a point where you realize like, no, it's just part of the, that's why it's a business. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And take, and yeah, I mean, you know, you're not a restaurant, obviously, but it's like <laughs> you're creating this meal. And if it's, you know, if it doesn't taste good, then you don't want a bad review or something. Oh, exactly. Like that. So it's, you know, did you go to school for design? I did not. No. So I actually went to school for early child psychology. Okay. <laughs> is, you know, I like to joke that sometimes it's relevant with customer service, but it's, <laughs> no, I, I think I'm really lucky to be part of, you know, the side hustle generation. Uh, all of the tools that I use or people that I've connected with have been generally from online. Yeah. And it's something where uh, I did high school 
through online courses. So it was something where I had kind of initiated that self learning experience. Um, But yeah, it's something that I can proudly say I didn't go to school for this specifically. Um, So what triggered it? I actually, so when I was like 14 or 15, and I was just totally full of angst, (laughs) I started doing uh, like creative self-portraits. Okay. uh, And they were really heavily photoshopped, a lot of conceptual photography. Um, My goal was always to be like professional and retouching. So it's something that kind of spiraled out of that. You know, for a long time, I was designing all of my elements in Photoshop. And then I had the hard awakening of like, all right, well, you have to figure out how to vectorize the stuff and do it right. And, you know, if I have to layer something, it has to be done right in InDesign. And there's other, you know, apps that I had to learn to use and really yeah. work with. But for a long time, I worked in sales and marketing and brand specific marketing. Okay. So that was kind of a combination of the skills I needed to launch. Were this you, when you were in those specific jobs, they were you working with like a mentor or somebody else at the company that was teaching you these things? Or did you learn them on the side, you yeah, know, while you're uh, at home? Generally, it was something where I came into a role, uh, saw needs, made suggestions, and then they would kind of create a role for me. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, especially like brand specific stuff too, you know, the company, when you're focusing on just that one brand, it's kind of easy to be like, Hey, we don't have a web address. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. simple, simple stuff that kind of sprouted from that. Uh, but it didn't turn into like company specific projects that were all kind of branding and marketing and sales. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so that's something that I'm constantly learning. Yeah. I'm obsessed with, you know, a few different blogs and apps and podcasts that's about cool. design and yeah. it's just yeah so it, i think it's ongoing so it's it's you would i know you talk about side hustle a lot but obviously this design thing is like a big passion for you not just not just work or a job but it's something that you oh, like yeah. love absolutely love to do yeah that was something that even you know shamefully i'll admit this sitting at work sitting at desk from nine to five i'd be spying on design blogs <laughs> <laughs> you know, i'd always be logging on to dribble is a big app that designers use just yeah. to kind of follow each other's work and okay uh yeah i'd just be sitting there taking it in you know? <laughs> like, so. this is on their down yeah, exactly <laughs> right <laughs> yeah that's but i mean how else you know i mean it, it i feel like you have to be fully you know consumed in something like that to really want to do it and be successful at it too oh for sure and i think it was you know i'd always freelance before and i'd mentioned that but it was the mind shift of being like all right I'm either going to do this or I'm not going to do this Yeah. because before it's easy to make excuses and like, Oh, I'm tired from work. I'm not going to work on this stuff on the side. Uh, but I think diving in is the only way that that could have happened for me. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, now you were talking about the corporate side of things do you prefer, is there like one part of the design that you prefer like with musicians or in the industry or with companies? Is there like any path that you're like, okay, I really like, you know, designing this? Cause I know that you've, you've done album covers, you've done logos, you've done all types of things for people. So what's your, your preference? Yeah. The job? So I think when I started hyper, the goal for me was to have this team of creatives and designers and, you know, all of these different talents that I could pull from, uh, for a project. And then I would focus on the retouching. Gotcha. So yeah, again, the passion is in the like commercial advertising and retouching. Yeah. Um, but that's something that I've had a few clients for that and I've loved it but I also don't feel like I'm at the point now with hyper to just jump away and do that sure sure yeah Yeah, that's that's something that I've always been passionate about um, and I'll continue to do whether or not it becomes a career path um you did photography too right yeah do you still do it I do yeah so that actually 
the photo retouching, I started with my own images and then it kind of pulled into something where I had clients that were like, Hey, you know, we have this picture of this. Can you do something with it? Yeah. Like, well, yes, I can. <laughs> <You know? laughs> now that you ask. <laughs> so it's something that, yeah, it started with the photography uh, and then it kind of evolved into this thing where it's like, I don't necessarily need to be physically taking yeah. the photos every time. Right. Yeah. And right. still, I mean, I'll always do that for a passion, but yeah, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. You know, why not? It's been great. I yeah. do have family members that reach out like, hey, we got a wedding coming up. You think you can? <laughs> like, All right. Okay. All I'll right, pull out you know. the old dusty stuff. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's my discounted price. That's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, you said you're from North Carolina? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And Fort Bragg, right? Yeah. <laughs> how, how far again is that from Nashville? That's about... 11 hours if oh, i'm wow. driving yeah about eight if anybody else is <laughs> yeah. driving <laughs> yeah um, that's a decent decent drive yeah my family extended family's always been in nashville so i'm used to kind of you know being in this area and i know it pretty well uh we visited a lot so it's something when i moved out yeah I was like, it was pretty well, natural nashville's cool yeah, <laughs> yeah i could live here yeah, exactly so when did when did you uh make the move here it was officially? about six years ago okay and that's you know i still came here with the impression that east nashville was super cheap and i could definitely find something there yeah <laughs> so, somebody lied to you i know yeah it was right <laughs> right after like you know right. a huge jump started right. happening but yeah. and i was gonna ask that i mean i can imagine you know i've only been here two years something like that Ju- yeah two years this past july um it has to have changed drastically oh, yeah. Even in from six then. years. Yeah. I uh, So I was living just south of downtown in a studio apartment, and it was 350 square feet. That's and pretty big. <laughs> they were selling units for like $100,000. Yeah. And then I moved out. 350 to, square feet? Yes. For $100,000? That's what I thought. That's what I thought. And then I moved out two years later. I would have turned around. And somebody next door sold theirs for $180,000. And I was just wow. like. Wow. What is happening? What is going on right now? That's like a shoebox. Yeah, exactly. Like literally. <laughs> yeah, but that I have very fond memories of my first couple of years in Nashville. Yeah. Just like, whoa, what am I? What am I going to do here? I know. Yeah, it's the city itself. I mean, for me, I probably visited close to five or six years ago a couple of times. Yeah, and for me, it was just this amazing aurora of a feeling. Yeah, I mean, it's very vibey. Obviously, it's Music City, but past the music, I mean, there's just an energy here for me it feels like that uh it's very prosperous and like you're talking about now we're in this generation of a lot of aspiring you know side hustlers and people out there that want to own their own company and do their own thing you know i feel like this this town kind of embraces that do you feel the same way absolutely it's something that i do think a lot of my success in the past year and a half has been because of location and just networking you know, there's a lot of events in Nashville. There's a lot of people that are pursuing creative things. It's not this like weird, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, wait, you quit your job for what? You know, there's <laughs> not that energy about it. It's just more. Do you have that energy back home? You know, it's something where I'm not moved... to talk bad about it, but no, I moved out pretty early. But just, yeah, it's something where just traveling to other places, too. You yeah. know, it's at first you would assume things like this are a nationwide change. Like people are pursuing different creative avenues and doing all these things you know, everywhere. And it's true in a certain extent, but there's also some places where it's just foddered by people that, you know, have done other things similar or are, you know, something that I've noticed with Nashville employers is they're very understanding in most ways yeah. <laughs> about people pursuing creative things. And they're not so much like, you know, no, you can't have off for your show. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, There's just different things like that, where I feel like the energy is a little bit different and more accepting about. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I would say back home for me, like, 
food trucks is probably <laughs> like the extent, the extent of it. <laughs> food trucks and maybe some painting or something. I don't know. But yeah, it is crazy because I was I was either talking about this to somebody the other day. I think I wrote a blog or something. But just the idea of that and like being in a community where it's accepted and you can prosper and grow from that. Whereas back home, it was nearly an impossible thought yeah. that you could even have a job in music or art or design or anything like that. You know, oh, I mean, absolutely. a lot of that stuff goes on back home, but it's more so, you know, the side hustle that, you know, Kathy's doing at, at her <laughs> after her like nine to five. Yeah. She's going to come take care of, you know, she, she can design this for you when she gets a chance or oh, when the absolutely. kids lay down, you know, yeah, what I mean? oh, for so, sure. It's a really cool town, and I love this city for that. Now, I noticed that, this is so funny to me, but I want to talk about, yep, Nashville for a little okay, bit, the Facebook yeah. community. <laughs> I'm ready. You, you tear that stuff up. I'm ready, up. yes. <laughs> I love yep. Yeah. Yep has been a huge help for me. Um, it's something when I first started like other marketing avenues, I realized that most of the traction I was getting was from Facebook groups. Okay. And so I was really diligent about, you know, following up with certain keywords, tracking certain keywords. I have it set up to where if, you know, somebody's typing in graphic design or something like that in a post, uh, I've commented so many times that Facebook's just like, you know what, let's just put this at the top of her feed. Yeah, she needs this. <laughs> she needs to see this. <laughs> this is all she's worried about. <laughs> yeah, but I have, I have to say that, you know, even coming from a position where I understand a lot about online marketing, the Facebook groups have been, you know, invaluable to me. They're yeah. huge. Um, I, I agree. I mean, yep, is one of those things that I remember um, when I got here and somebody told me about it, it was like, oh, like this right? plethora <laughs> of anything you need, yeah. you know, on a, a creative aspect, not just music, you know, oh, and not just design. I mean, it's anything you need. If you need somebody to transcribe, you know, lyrics or a song or anything, you know, you can get yeah. it on there. Um so you, you'd say you, you probably get a decent amount of, of business oh, from for there. for sure. Yeah, and it's something, too, where it's... I think people are turning to social media um, just because it comes down to, like, recommendations from friends and stuff like that. And yeah. or being able to kind of research on your own what you're getting into. Right. Uh, being so bombarded by marketing constantly, you know, people are looking to trusted sources. And Yep is something where, you know, there's a huge community people will quickly call you out if you know you <laughs> yeah. haven't responded or do, you know right. done what you're or supposed done to done a terrible job exactly yeah, and i've also you know. something that's beautiful about it is there's people that i've worked with in the past and I, you've done this before too it's just you know if somebody asks for something specific it's not just me being like hey i do that i've got three or four people that i've worked with that are also like right hey she did this for me and that's a great feeling because it's all you know yeah. very relevant to people that are trying <laughs> to find somebody that's going to exactly you know, do work for them. And that's one of the things um, for me, I've talked to several people about, yeah, because I think a lot of people have different opinions on it. Yeah. Um, you have one scale of the spectrum where individuals are saying, I'd rather rely on word of mouth and, you know, I'm, I've, I'm trying to think how to word this, but some people have said, you know, if somebody posts on Yelp and they're looking for something specific, like a photographer, so to speak, a million comments are on there within yeah. by the end of the day. And this individual has got to go through all of those. And some people are like, ah, I just don't like that aspect of it. Um, me, on the other hand, I think that's great. Okay. Yeah. It's great for every 
part of the scale. Um, it allows somebody like you in design, if this person was looking for design or whatnot, they you know, have the option to go through. Maybe they're looking for like a specific style exactly, or something. And obviously, I'm not going to go through like 500, which is extremely exaggerated. But sometimes I have seen 100 plus comments oh, for sure. on something. Um, but it, it, it you know, it, it adds it's a big help. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's my opinion on it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but like I said, there's that other side of the spectrum like you who you're, you're wanting to help somebody and you have this expertise and you're also allowing them to have, you know, a connection with you. And then somebody like me or somebody else who has worked with you can comment on there and say, hey, I can attest to her. She's great. She does her job. She did a great job. Um, so I think Yep's great. I do too. And I also, just to kind of expand on that, you know, there have been times that I've gone on and, you know, I haven't checked Facebook in a couple of days or something, you know, that's very rare. But um, if I log on and I see somebody post about graphic design and then there's already, you know, 15 comments on it, it is tempting just to be like, cool, they probably have it covered. I'm not going to bother. But there's value too, because people search those groups. So right. in the future, if somebody's like also looking for graphic design, if they search the group and I've left my work, even if it's on a comment thread that I feel is, you know, it's taken care of. <laughs> There's still somebody that might see it and be like, Oh, you know, that looks similar to the style I need. You know, I don't have to be the one posting this. It's already taken care of. Absolutely. So that's something I would never discourage somebody. If it looks like a million people have posted, that's great. It's a popular thread. Throw your stuff up there. Cause you never know who's going to check it out later. I couldn't agree with that more. <laughs> I mean, I'm that, I'm that person yeah. that goes on there and I'll search, you know, in the search, you know, where you can search a page Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm looking for like videographer and then all the way back to 2014 or something, somebody's on there. Oh, for sure. And, you know, not only that, but then when it pops up of all these searches, I'm noticing your name is showing up on all of these throughout this timeline <laughs> and I'm thinking, man, this person is serious and they're invested and they're probably going to, for me, I'm the type of person that is visually exciting for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why, but it is. It's like, okay, well these, that person works hard as hell. No, like, that's, that's what I'm banking on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I really don't, but that was, yeah, exactly. I've tricked like, you. It's all been a Facebook show, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Is there any jobs that you got, um, you know, from a client or something that just scared the shit out of you and you were like, how the hell am I going to do this? You accept the job and then you're like, shit, what do I do? And then it just turned out fine. Yes. Very recently. Definitely not going to name names, but sure. yeah, <laughs> that's fine. I do a lot of web building. Um, and it's something where I'm very confident in my ability to, you know, go in and edit, you know, code if I need to, or put together little pieces. I generally work out of builders just because it makes sense. You know, I don't think anybody needs a true custom website unless they're Beyonce. Right. Which even then is pushing in. Like, what kind of features do you, you know? Yeah. Maybe um, an Elon Musk website. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that makes sense. Um, but I ran into a situation where I was doing major edits to a Shopify account. And Shopify, which this is common knowledge, and I just missed it somehow. <laughs> but Shopify is written in a coding language called Liquid. Okay. Which is a Japanese language. Wow. Encoding. So it was something where it's like, sounds super complicated. I'm very confident when I take on jobs, you know, if it's something that's new and scary, I always have this thought that's like, you know what? I have the internet. I can figure it out. You know, yeah. <laughs> if it comes down to it, I can research, Thank God. figure it out Yeah. or call on people that know more than me. Sure. Help me out. Uh, I think that's a big part of being, you know, a startup company that people don't tell you about. There's no shame in saying, you know what? 
I might need help. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this was a situation where I was like, yes, I can totally do that. You got it. Here's the time frame. You know, I'm, I'll cut that back a bit. So confident. Why not? Yeah, like two days, sure. Uh, you know, I did not invoice for the work that, you know, I was right. about to do with this thing. And I was just like, let's go for it. Uh, I ended up spending three or four nights until about two or 3 a.m. just coding, Ooh. writing stuff backwards, looking it up, doing YouTube, you know, the full gamut. And it worked out, but it was due date, you know, night before. And I was up till five in the morning, <laughs> just plugging stuff in and making it work. Um, and this was a situation where they were getting a lot of write-ups. There was a lot of exposure, a lot of press exposure, it was a, big a deal. lot of pressure about the site. Yeah. In my mind, it wasn't a big deal. It turned into a huge ordeal, just getting it <laughs> launched and started plugging in these different apps. Um, and it was something that, you know, after that, I had a moment of like, okay, research before you quote <laughs> yeah. like, not every project lesson learned exactly yeah. yeah but that was a situation where i kind of realized real quickly okay yeah. this is this has been great and it's great to have that confidence in figuring things out but don't kill yourself about it yeah. like, just you know take some time and breathe and but it turned out fine right it turned out fine you know, i'm still recovering from the sleep loss but yeah, yeah ultimately it worked out that's good that's good what's your uh what's your typical day like you know typical day uh this is something that I think I struggle with a little bit. Having the like the freedom to work whenever is amazing, but it's also, you know, you have to kind of slap your hand and be like, all right. Time to get to work. Time to get to work. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's something where if I pull a late night working till two or three in the morning, the next day I'm useless until 11. You know? Sure, <laughs> so, that makes sense. But a typical day, usually it's waking up and walking my dog, uh, sitting down, I do emails first, and then I kind of hit the big ticket projects as soon as I can. Yeah. The ones that I know are going to stress me out uh, just because I, and this is kind of a messed up reward system, but it's like that project that's going to take me two seconds. I'm going to do that right before bed. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. And this is uh, my boyfriend owns a small business as well, but it's, he's been in it a long time and we have discussions about like, he's seen this, you know, this is something that he's gotten very used to. And he's just like, don't, hurt yourself at the beginning like yeah. give yourself time tell yourself to slow down or take a break right um because that's, that's something when you don't have somebody saying like hey five o'clock get out of here it's hard to switch it off man i'm really glad you brought that up because i feel i that's one of my biggest faults um which i have i have a day job you know i have to go to a nine to five but that also kind of hurts me a little bit because i'm having to work extra harder afterwards yeah um I mean, there's probably plenty of days that I may not eat if oh, absolutely, yeah. If, if like somebody wasn't like, "Hey, man, you might you might want to take a break yeah. or go get you something to eat, maybe catch some sleep." Um, do you do you find yourself, you know, like that sometimes? Yeah, there's this, I forget what it's called, but there was a test I did a couple months ago, and it's like this circle pie chart, and you're supposed to kind of rate, you know, the different levels that you think you're at with each section of your life, and one's like, you know, spirituality, relationships, work. Uh, and it's something that, you know, working full time before and being really secure in a kind of like schedule, those things tend to have more room that you can work on them or, you know, feel confident in things that you're doing. When you're working to start something, everything else feels like it's depleted for a while. Yeah. It just, you're giving your all to one thing. <laughs> Every ounce <laughs> Everything of else kind of suffers. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'd say the, the hardest thing is, you know, when folks learn that you're working for yourself. 
the initial reaction is, oh my gosh, I wish I could do that. Like, that's amazing. Uh, you get to work whenever you want. And then, you know, the gut reaction that I think other people might relate to that have done the same thing is like, yeah, but I have to work all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's an all the time thing. You have no idea. Yeah. And it's something too, you know, <clears throat> I am in the first year and a half of doing this. And the goal for me is to figure out even flow. <clears throat> so next year I could be like, Oh, I remember when I was stressed about even flow and like <laughs> scheduling and working all the time. And so that is the goal, but it is something that it hits hard. Yeah. And, you know, I hear people even talk about like pregnancy in this way where mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you forget how bad the first one is so you're <laughs> able to have the second. And I right. feel like it is something where anybody starting uh, something, just go for it because it's going to, yeah. it's going to suck and it's going to mess you up for a while, but it's going to be worth it. Yeah. Speaking on that, I, I'm, currently reading a book. I'm almost done with it. And I swear this whole podcast has probably been me bringing up this book and people are like, damn, he's a slow reader. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> but anyways, there, I'm on this chapter. I think it was the law of curiosity or the law of change or something like that. And um, it kind of talks about what you're talking about and just anybody out there that wants to go for something and make that jump. Um, I feel that that's something that a lot of people are timid and scared of. And when you jump, you, you're not necessarily on top immediately, you know, oh, yeah. and it may take a long time to yeah. get there. But when you jump, you also may be lower than you were before you jumped, but it takes time and eventually you'll get there. You know, did you go through moments like that oh, before, absolutely. you know, you were, you were getting ready to do this and you're just like, fuck, what am I going to yeah, do? It's, it's actually something where... It, it's never been a clear cut like, oh, this is working. You know, there's always questions that arise. There's certain things that happen where you go like, whoa, maybe I totally did the wrong thing. Um, I think a big moment for me was in the first few months, I kept panicking and getting a new job. <laughs> so it was something <laughs> I can't where, do this. Yeah. So I, you know, I had a few jobs there at the beginning where it was like, you know, I was working all the time. And then I realized like, you know, the only way for me to make this work is to commit to it. Yeah. If it fails, it fails. But at least I know. Right. But it was something, yeah, where I would start a part-time job or I would do all these other things. And, you know, I would have actual op opportunities pop up where people are like, hey, I want to pay you to do this. Mm -hmm. And that money was better than what I was making. But there's this weird, like, security complex that comes with having a job. And in reality, you're just giving the control to somebody else, you know, and accepting that. And it's something that I still think about going back to work. Yeah. You know, it pops in my head every day. When something bad happens, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go back to work. <laughs> And for me, it was a big personality change. Gotcha. I'm very passive. Mm -hmm. Somebody told me to move. I'd be like, okay, cool. Whatever. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't need to be right here anyway. Um, <laughs> hey, so, <you're. laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was the biggest switch for me was just yeah. transitioning from, you know, accepting a lot of things, being passive about things that were happening or, you know, just deciding to be like, all right, you know, I'm going to try this. You know, if I don't like it or if I'm miserable, I can go back to work. Like right. that's an option. Um, I still, I, I feel like that's something that a lot of people don't think about because they just think, okay, I quit my job. It's done. I'm never going to get another job again. Yeah. Like I got to strictly do this. And if I don't make it, I got to go move back in with my parents at 40 yeah. and I fucking suck. And it's, it's like, no, you're a smart individual. Like yeah. you can go back and get another job. It may take a little bit, but you'll eventually you'll be okay. Yeah. And you know, it was the timing of this was perfect too. Cause right after, yeah. So I left my job. I started this. I wasn't able to make it work the first few months. I just wasn't bringing in enough to pay bills. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna go back to work. I got this part-time job. Uh, work picked up for me personally with Hyper. And I was like, 
I can't do both. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> Gotta make a decision. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I left that job and I was like, you know, head down. Like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is not who I am. I've never done this before. I'm just, I don't know what to do. Uh, so I left that job and I was struggling and I was freaking out. And uh, I totally, I'm going to blank on his name, but uh, I believe he used to be on uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Will Smith? No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Not Will Smith. <laughs> Maybe it was one. that or the Cosby show. I always, I get stuff mixed up, but. What character um, did he play? You know, this is. <laughs> I should don't ask bring me up, that. I shouldn't bring up stuff uh, <laughs> that I don't have references for. But essentially, uh, in real life, you know, it was discovered he was working at Trader Joe's as a cashier now. Yeah. Uh, and people post about it on the internet and kind of picked on him and they were like, you know, oh my gosh, look at this, this guy from the show working at Trader Joe's. And he came out with an interview, uh, and he was just essentially like, Hey, all work is work. You know, it's respectful, honorable work. Damn if right. you're working to live, nobody can tell you anything. No. You know, if you're a good person and working hard, that's Doesn't all matter. you have to answer to. Yeah. You. And it's something that like, I never usually get affected by stuff like that. But that for me really hit home. Yeah. It's like no work that I take on to survive or whatever. Right. It's shameful. <laughs> you know? yeah. If I have to take on odd jobs to make things work. Great. I'm doing a thing. Sure. But that was a turning point for me because I did. I carried a lot of um, pride in mm-hmm. the full time jobs I had before. I was always climbing the ladder like, oh, you know, yeah. this is my identity blah, blah, blah. Right. And for some worker. people that's true and that's great and that's yeah. good for them. But it was also a situation where I put too much of my like own identity in that. Right. So, you know, the struggle between like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I want to do this full time or if I want to do this or just go back to work. Kinda Hearing that was things. like, yeah. okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's no job that's, you know, right. Less than another job. People yeah. work to survive. Absolutely. End of story. <laughs> so it's kind of like you had to get over that stigma. Oh, for sure. You know? Oh yeah. That's, I don't want to get into it because it just makes me so mad. But, you know, I get it and I don't get it, but I understand that some people just don't know any better. Yeah. So they they're born and raised and they do what they do and that's fine. And, you know, I'm I'm not talking down about anybody that does the same thing their whole life and doesn't move out of anywhere i mean that's that's your life and that's great yeah. if you're happy i mean happiness is all that it's about that's exactly yeah um but don't knock me for going to try and doing what i want to do in oh, my dreams sure, yeah. and, <laughs> you know in that case well, screw you man yeah, exactly. <laughs> like um do you consider yourself a pretty spiritual person you know it's something where i don't relate to any one specific thing entirely it's something where i have moments in day to day, um, even just over time that I've realized have kind of connected me in a certain way to different things. But yeah, it's something that I tend to look very inward, (laughs) if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, do you find yourself, um, because you're talking about some like things that inspired you. Do you, you go out and like look for motivational things and to keep yourself going and pumped up? I do. So even just like right before pulling up here, I stopped at a bookstore and grabbed a couple of just like, you know, <laughs> you're doing okay. And it is something that's where, awesome. Yeah. It, it does become kind of a system where you need to hold yourself accountable. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, all right. Are you doing okay for real? Or are you just, you know, you need to check in with yourself and yeah, I have, I have to do that. Um, Man, all the time. I try to do it daily. Yeah. Because for me, um, it's just, a, like I said, a little bit of motivation. And, I, you know, we were talking earlier before we, we came on the podcast, but it's, I'm always just trying to learn from anybody, everybody and everything. And there's just so much out there. Um, 
and like we were just talking about, being in a stigma, so to say, related work and doing what we're doing, you kind of get down on yourself sometimes. Yeah, for sure. You know, and it, and it's easy to kind of stay there and be like, oh, screw it, I quit. Or, you know, I'm just going to go back to work and climbing the ladder and everything like that. But then you lose your sense of happiness and yeah. your passion. And um, I remember before I decided to move here, I was sitting at home and, and you know, I had had the idea to move to Nashville for a couple years more than a couple and you know I, I at one point I said I'm just gonna put it to the side and I'll be fine I'm okay here I'll start a life me and my wife will get married and you know we'll, we'll have kids and it'll be okay yeah <laughs> and little did I know a couple years later it was still there and I I had to do it I had to do it and so I think you know I don't I'm so glad that was the case. Um, but I'm always reading and trying to to keep up with things like that. Do you have any uh like crazy not crazy, but you know, you say you do carry a little bit of that spirituality with you. Is there anything that's like your go to to like keep you going and motivated? Man, I wish I had a, a better answer for you, but I think it's something that I've carried um and I hate to go back to this, but I was a military kid, bounced around a lot of bases, uh, just moving around a lot. And it was the kind of thing where my mom would always just be like, hey, doesn't matter where we're at. We're always in control. We're always going to be OK. And that's something where it kind of turned into a mantra for me where it's like, you know, all this crazy stuff is happening. But truly, as long as you know within yourself, like, hey, I'm OK. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like actually be present in the moment and be like, all right, what is happening that is so horrible right. that you know because it's really easy to get stuck in your thoughts yeah uh so yeah that's something where if you just sit back and you're like okay what is actually happening to me in this moment right you know what are the things that i can't control drop those off yeah you know what are the things i can okay make a plan yeah <laughs> don't make things more complicated just by sitting and being like <laughs> it's yeah. so tempting to do um but yeah i think just taking that control back and yeah. that's something I, I do like to read about a lot especially being a passive personality um a lot of the books i'm reading are about taking control back or, you know, realizing, you know, you can offer a lot more than you think you can offer or you sure. deserve a seat at the table. Just those kind of things really speak to me, uh, on a deep level. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, everybody's got value to them and something to bring to the table. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's silly not to think like that, you know, and I've, I hate the aspect that some people probably do think like that. And it, it's just, uh, I don't know. There's just so much out there in the world to like go get, you know, for yourself oh, and for sure. you can do anything you want to do. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, yeah. Would, would you say, um, that I wanted to ask you this because obviously you are the first female on the show. <laughs> do you ever get a sense of like, do you feel shorted at all being in this community as a female? I have industry? to actually say, for the first time after working, you know, a string of corporate jobs, this is the first time that I don't necessarily get that feeling. But I think it, it it's in line with, you know, also changing my own rhetoric about, you know, how I'm presenting myself, you know, asking the same questions as anybody else would or demanding the same things that anybody else would. Uh, I think everybody's open to having that conversation. I say, I say mostly everybody. 
But it is something that as soon as my mindset changed as well, it was a lot easier to make my point and be like, hey, you know, this is what I need. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is what I have to offer. Right. Right. And uh, like you're saying, uh, you got to take control in some situations and what you have to offer. And if somebody else looks down upon that, that's their fault. Oh, for sure. And I, I think, too, you know, I haven't run into any specific situations where I felt shorted or that I was given less, you know, confidence than somebody else for a certain role. Um, but it is something too, where working for myself, I can be like, okay, well, I'm not going to work with that. Yeah. (laughs) Which I I didn't necessarily have that control to just be like, all right, you know, I don't want to deal with that today. Right. Um, so it is something we're having kind of that control to be like, all right. Yeah. You get get to pick and choose. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, amongst, you know, you starting this company and stuff, though, most of your experiences have been pretty good, though. They right? have. Yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't seen any, you know, I do get the occasional question about, you know, where I went to design school, because that's something that especially for design and it's something that I had the opinion for a long time. You know, you're tied to a certain school or network or, you know, theory that you relate to. And it was something where I was nervous for a long time to offer services that I didn't have a degree backing me for. Yeah. But it's also the kind of thing we live in an era that if you truly are committed to learning something and, you know, pursuing it, I think that you have all the tools at your disposal. Right. Especially with, you know, the cost of school. And there's it's just not realistic for everybody. Sure. So it's something that, you know, I'm also becoming more conscious of things that I've asked in the past. You know, what things have I looked at that I'm like, oh, you know, yeah. I don't want to work with you because of this. You know? Yeah. Obviously, like doctors, and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like they would help. But right. Yeah. For certain other things, you know, I think it's very beneficial. I wouldn't knock anybody to going to school. Yeah. Um, but I also want to be accepting of people that are like, hey, this is my passion. I've worked really hard at it. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> There's something to be said about people that work hard, are genuinely passionate, like we're talking about, that are interested in what they're doing and strive to be the best and do the best job for whatever they're doing. Yeah. Um, no college degree, in my opinion, and no offense, like you said, to anybody that does that, but no degree is going to show that. You know, it's not going to test. Um, I'm sure there is some circumstances where that degree helps and in, in, oh, sure. in yeah. those fields. But as far as um, who you are as a person, what you do, and, uh, you know, the job that you do and how well you do it, I, that piece of paper is not really going to show that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's going to come down to the word of mouth. And it, it sounds like a lot of your clients, uh, myself included, speak highly of you and, you know, points you or point other people towards you to, to, you know, do a job. And so, I mean, that's gotta be a good feeling, right? Oh, it's a great feeling. Yeah. And it's, it's something too, that, you know, it is active problem solving. So I think approaching that with clients, that was the shift that I needed to be like, all right, you know, I'm not going to get it right the first time every time, but as long as I keep that communication open and, you know, really give them what they want, you yeah. know, it's hard when you're doing creative work. Cause you're like, Oh, but I know what I like, <laughs> yeah. I know what they think. I know what I would want. do right yeah, here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so finding that middle ground of just actually communicating. And, yeah. But yeah, it's a great feeling just knowing like, all right, somebody's happy with what I made and right. they're going to use it and cool stuff's going to happen. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's an awesome feeling. Do you think that uh, in the future, do you want Hyper Design to be an in-house company that has multiple employees and instead of saying okay, I know somebody that I can contract for this. I have the perfect person yeah. to do that. Is that something that you want for hyper design? Yes. 
I yeah. do. Uh, it is something that I think there's dancing a little bit of a line of it becoming, and I hate to use this word, but I think it is relevant, kind of frivolous. Mm -hmm. um, there's an agency kind of stereotype where it's this like fun, crazy building with like, you know, crazy art on the walls and it's all kinds of different colors and people are just like sitting on you know, beanbags and not, you know, <laughs> being creative then, as hell. Know, yeah. Like people are getting charged a ton of money, yeah. you know, to be given something that might've been made on Fiverr. You know? right, <laughs> so it's right. something where, yeah. you know, I do have goals for it, but I don't ever want to lose sight of that. Like, cool. We made something amazing for a customer. They're happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's so many different fun things you could do with right. a company in this kind of segment, but as long as it's staying true to like people are walking away happy with stuff that they're going to be able to use the entirety of their company or their personal brand or, yeah. you know, whatever they're working on. Right. <laughs> Do you feel that that sets you out like from everybody else here kind of doing the same thing kind of separates you a little bit? I think it's something that I'm more confident to meet with somebody in person and give them a rundown about what I'm doing than I am to send, you know, an email with 25 exclamation points. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there there yeah. are certain areas where I'd be more confident um, but yeah, it's something where I've worked with a lot of designers and even a few other branding companies where they just, you know, something they've taken on, they want to pass over or vice versa. Um, and there always seems to be a group or a individual that really wants to get in somebody's face and talk to them about like, right. I'm so excited to show this to you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you want to make sure that they carry the same, you know, yeah, and I excitement. Think, exactly. And I think also working in, you know, I've been in customer service roles in the past. I've been in sales roles in the past. And you can tell when somebody's doing it because they're supposed to mm -hmm. or when somebody's doing it because they're excited. And, you know, if that's a vibe that I get off or get off, sorry, give off um, in a situation, that's amazing. Because it is, it's, you know, something that I do feel and I do get pumped about projects. Right. And, Absolutely. Yeah. If there was you know, an individual back in their small hometown or something, and they wanted to move to this big city. I ask everybody this question yeah. at the end of the podcast. <laughs> um, what would be some advice that you would give to them that you feel, you know, may help them or maybe encourage them? Like we've been talking about motivation and stuff to yeah. want to pursue uh, design or maybe move somewhere to pursue it and they're just scared as shit yeah. what would you tell them has anybody just said like yolo and then walked off your <laughs> no, show <laughs> no mic drop, <laughs> mic drop. Yeah. i can't drop this that's one, it but. folks yeah. <laughs> uh no i think it comes back to a serious conversation that i had to have with myself and that is why are you doing this you know especially when it comes to creative things because when you get tied up in your work and you know when you start bringing in factors of like you know, I want to work with other people or I want to make it get to this goal and things like that. You have to come back to the point of why are you doing this? Right. That's right. something I lose sight of constantly. And I constantly have to be like, you know, if I'm mad about something or I'm stressed out about, you know, somebody hasn't paid an invoice for two months and I'm freaking out and it's like, yeah. okay, why am I doing this? And I think as long as your answer is sustainable and realistic and you feel good about it, you know, in your heart. Yeah. <laughs> It, it makes sense. Um, that's something I think, especially in Nashville, you see a lot of traffic coming in of people that want to be famous. It's it, like it, they just want overnight success. But that, yeah, not not to like say that's Nashville, but I feel like that's also our generation oh, for and sure. the younger generation too yeah. coming in behind us. Is that everything's so immediate, it's instant? Yeah, and like it. <laughs> right. You you know, in the sense. Um, for longevity and sustainability that we've been talking about, you don't want overnight success. Yeah. Like you, cause then you won't appreciate it. And Absolutely. 
you know, along the way, if you space it out and you continue to gradually build, 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 you'll you'll probably stay a lot happier oh, and appreciate sure. it a lot more. And that's more. the thing is that if, you know, your goal is to enjoy things and to grow, you're always going to be satisfied with your work. Right. As long as you're staying true to that. Absolutely. You know, if your goal is external and it's like, you know, I want validation from thousands of people on Instagram yeah. or if I want, you know. A lot of money. That's exactly. If I just want a ton of money, yeah. it's like, well, you're probably going to be disappointed. But yeah. as long as you're, you know it's in line with what you want to do long-term for yourself, for your own reasons, taking all the external factors out, you know, then you can celebrate each one as a yeah. win of its own. Yeah. It's just an exciting, awesome thing that happened, you know, happened because you worked hard and you loved what you did. Right. Um, it's an internal revelation in yeah. my opinion. Like you have to come to meet senses with that because uh, for some people, you know, you're thinking it's going to be this, but when you make that jump, like we talked about earlier, it's a whole nother roller oh, for coaster sure. and, and you, <laughs> you got to keep a level head. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's something too, that I feel like, I don't know if this is the best wellness advice. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to give it anyway. And I tend to approach things as a pessimist. Okay. Because then I'm always pleasantly surprised. Okay. So okay. It's something where it's like, don't assume all the million amazing things are going to happen, but just know in your heart, you'd be okay if they didn't. Right. You know? And then when they do, you're just like, Huh. Heck yeah. Like, yeah. That's cool. Look at my pessimistic self. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah, though, I think as long as you're staying true to your own reasons for doing things, and especially in an industry like music or design where, you know, at times it can feel like it's a popularity contest. It yeah. can feel like those that have, you know, better means to pay for certain aspects are better off. You know, there yep. is a lot of things that pull you in directions to be bitter or get, you know, disheartened and give up. And it's like, you know, there's people that have been playing music or designing or doing all these different creative things for years because they love it you know and it's mm -hmm. like getting into that mindset i think is the best thing before making a big jump like that yeah. you know you hear that folks instagram facebook likes they're probably not going to mean anything in the next 10 years <laughs> they're gonna take so y'all can drop them <laughs> and just do what you want to do because you love it and for the passion of it so kelsey thank you so much for coming on thank this you has so been much. an awesome time and uh, i think there's a lot of good stuff in there that people enjoy so uh thank you again awesome thank you <laughs>